Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Before we jump into the show, let's get the contact information out of the way. You can contact me several different ways. I have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-2731. You can also record an MP3 or WAV file and email that to me. If you're not comfortable with recording an audio message, please feel free to contact me via email, and I'll read your comments out on the next show. The address for both email and audio content is firearmscafe at gmail.com. That's all one word, firearmscafe at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook listener page, a Twitter account, and a YouTube channel. There are buttons for these at the website, which is firearmscafe.com, so please go there and click on these buttons and like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, and subscribe to me on YouTube. They are all free. If you would like to support the show financially, at the website there is an Amazon search box. If you use it, Amazon will give me a finder's fee on any products that you buy at no additional cost to you. I also have a donate button through PayPal. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for spending your time with me and listening to the show. Hey everybody, what's going on? Today is Saturday, it's the 26th of September 2015. Well, it has been a while, hasn't it? Seems like I say that a lot with this show. Anyway, I think I've worked out an actual fix for it. Uh, but, uh, the fix being not having such a long gap in between the shows. Uh, as many of you know, I also do the Armed Date podcast. And what I've been doing over there lately is... I've been doing segments in the truck and I actually had done one for firearms cafe. Uh, oh, about a week, week and a half ago. And the way that I have it set up in the truck is I use my iPhone and I've got the, um, I've got some headphones that have the microphone on there and I had it hanging up over the visor so that I could get the microphone to kind of hang down sort of on the same plane as my as my head and everything so that I, I would have the best chance of getting uh, the old sound waves of my beautiful voice out to you and hit the microphone. Well, unfortunately, it was swinging just enough to where it made like a uh, almost like a tapping sound. And I think what was happening, it was kind of swinging and it would brush up against the other sort of earbud wire. And so it was like, oh, it'd be like, you know, I'd, uh, you know, I'd be talking and all of a sudden click and then click and then click. And unfortunately I had done probably about 20 minutes of me rambling on. And then when I went and listened back to it, I would hear that, you know, tick, and I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Uh, so I, I did was able to rig up another thing to where it doesn't sway at all. And I've been able to do, uh, I just did a couple of real short little test things. And so I plan on still doing the majority of the show here at the microphone at home. Uh, just because I think the sound quality is better. And it'll be the same for Armed Ape as well. But if it gets like it's going on week two and I haven't put a show out, I'm like, okay, I need to get a segment going. And, and, uh, there's always something to talk about. Uh, and then that way I can at least have something for you guys. And the way that I've got it set up, of course it does sound different. I don't think it sounds as good as me sitting here in front of the microphone talking to you guys, 
but it sounds um, the the quality is good enough to where I'm not embarrassed to have it go out for you guys. Uh, so anywho, one of the things that I wanted to talk about uh, on the last show I had asked had um, anybody had any experience with a Rifle Dynamics AK. Uh, I'd like to tell you that I've actually got one, but I do not have one yet. I, I still need to sell a couple of other rifles that I have in order to be able to afford that. Uh, again, though, if you have, if you know of anybody that has it, have them, uh, and if they wouldn't mind, maybe have them shoot me an email or, uh, if you have uh, experience with it, uh, even if you just went out and shot like a friends or something like that, I know that uh, I, I just like to kind of get some real world feedback from what I can tell. Uh, Jim Fuller is probably one of the better AK builders out there. I think they put a lot of thought into what they're doing. I don't think that they're doing stuff just to do it. I think they're actually doing and making improvements to the platform. Um, I realize it is a very expensive rifle, but I think kind of like other things in life, maybe you... Uh, spend the money once and cry once instead of spending the money two or three times and then crying two or three times uh, because what you got wasn't the quality of it wasn't uh, high enough to where it's going to be built to last. Now I understand I'm not going to be kicking down doors. I'm not going to be part of a patrol and going to be in combat and all this other stuff and getting all these firefights with it. But I do want something um, I like to have stuff that's high quality and I don't mind spending the money if I know that it's going to last. So, uh, I, I will be uh, very happy to give you a range report, uh, when I get one, it will be someday. I'm not exactly sure when, uh, but hopefully sometime I'm hoping maybe to make that happen in 2016. So we'll see. Uh, and you know, kind of speaking about, sort of spending some of the money I, I had given you guys sort of a range report on the uh, AR 15 variant that I had built. I still, I tell you what, I love that rifle. I still, I am so glad that, that I built it the way that I built it. I built it how it, how I wanted it to be built. I used the parts that I wanted to use and I'm very, very happy with it. It's, it's very reliable you know, a lot of times people will say, well, how reliable is it if you don't, if you, you know, go shoot a thousand rounds through it and don't clean it? Well, why in the world would I ever do that? I, I can't really imagine a situation, a realistic situation where I am going to be required to fire a thousand rounds through the rifle in X amount of time or, you know, even if it was over a week or something and never be able to clean it at all. I don't, I, I cannot envision that situation. And I know some people out there will say, well, you know, if the, if the crap hits the fan, blah, 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 you may not. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I get that. And I, I understand sort of maybe that kind of that scenario thinking to try and get you to say, okay, well maybe I should have this on hand because if something breaks down or maybe I should have that maybe attached to the gun or in a storage area to where I would always be able to at least run a brush through it or scrub something off. I get that kind of thinking, but the reality is for me, uh, living where I live, I live in Arizona. So it's very low humidity. Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to be out on patrol. Like the thing with the AK, I'm not going to be kicking down doors. I'm not going to be out in the woods for weeks at a time where I don't have access to cleaning stuff. 
uh, the, the, the probability and the likelihood of that happening is, is so low as almost to be non-existent. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm not too concerned with torture testing my rifle because I keep them, I, I keep them clean. I like to, I actually like to clean my guns because it gives me a chance to sort of look at everything, inspect them. It also gives for me, it's, it's like a refresher of, okay, this is how this thing, how they work. This is how stuff goes together. This is how things should go together. So, but anyway, getting back to, 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 uh, to my AR, like I said, I like everything about it. Um, I don't know if I would really change anything with it. I don't, I've got just like that old cotton GI sling that I took over, uh, when I did the apple seed shoot. And that seems to be fine. Um, I probably will eventually get maybe a little bit different type of sling. Probably just go with the two point uh, with the ability to maybe change it into a, uh, a single point if I wanted to. Like I think Magpul has something that you, you can kind of dick around with it and do whatever you want. But anyway, um, I'm really very happy with it uh, from the optics that I've got on it to... Uh, the buttstock to the handguards. I really, I tell you what, I would use that BCM key mod, the 15 inch. And I, I really like the way that that looks on the rifle. I like the way that it's, it's nice and thin. You can really get your hand around it. I like the way that the, the key mods are kind of offset on there. So not everything is lined up perfectly, uh, sort of from plane to plane, I guess, going, going around that handguard. So that means that you can kind of stagger stuff if you needed to. I will say probably one thing that I do need to add to it, which I do need to get a white light on it. And other than that, that's going to be about the only other thing I'm going to put on it. I'll put a, uh, just a different sling on and then get like a, um, uh, a white light up on the front. Uh, anyway, Speaking of building a rifle and stuff like that, I tell you what, um, many of you guys remember Chuck D from the Liberty or Zombie podcast. Hopefully those guys are going to maybe be able to get back in the swing of things and get their podcast up and going again. But anyway, he had put a post out there saying he was going to be building or looking at him and, and uh, Shooter Dan might be looking at building some ARs and kind of some advice. So if any of you guys have any advice for maybe building a good utilitarian rifle, Go ahead and send in some feedback if you if you have uh, even if it's not like oh this is what you need for the whole build if you're like hey this was a particular part that I used and I really liked it and or again like for me like that BCM key mod key mod handguard there we go I just I love that thing I think it's awesome and it, it weighs next to nothing it's extremely light uh, but anywho uh, go ahead and send that in you can always uh, either send it in an email or you can send it in. Uh, just do a recording on your phone, make your own MP3 file and send that in. Uh, let's see. What was I thinking about? Oh, um, so anyway, like I said, they're going to do that. And he was kind of looking for some advice, but I tell you what, right now seems to be one of the best times to buy some parts because I think people got kind of overstocked on stuff and they're trying just to get rid of them. And especially if you were thinking, well, I just want like a utilitarian rifle. It doesn't have to be a show pony. I'm going to take it and have it in classes or I'm going to train with it anyway. And so, yeah, it might get dropped or it might get scratched. And if you don't really care, 
too much about that. You can get some good deals on some uh, blemishes. Maybe the the uh, the the coating didn't turn out quite right, or it had a little bit of a scratch on it here or there. Or sometimes maybe the um, the I don't know if they do engraving or roll marks or whatever you want to call it. Maybe their their lettering on something was a little bit off. And so they have to sell it at a blemish. And so you can get really good deals on blemishes, but even just like on non-blemish stuff right now, there's a ton of junk that's out there that you can get for really good prices. Uh, and even if you're like, well, I don't really want to build something right now, but if you had plans within the next couple of years, go ahead and get it now. Um, their prices are only going to go up. They're probably not going to go down. Because what's going to happen is, again, kind of that bubble or the wave we're kind of in that low part and it's eventually it's going to climb back up and prices will rise. And then they, you know, uh, and realistically we're only one more kind of manufactured disaster away from maybe having another run on guns. Uh, of course we got the election coming up. If that doesn't go the way that uh, people want, if they think, Oh, if Hillary gets into office or if uh, it remains in a, in, um, uh, on the democratic side of the aisle, People are going to freak out whether you think there's no difference or not. I don't really think there's much of a difference to tell you the truth, but it's the perception of other people. And when those other people start to panic and start to buy stuff, prices are going to go through the roof. So if you're thinking that you'd like to have an AR 15, if you're thinking you'd like to have an AK 47, if you're thinking you'd like to stock up on some magazines, stock up on some ammo, Right now is the time to do it, especially with some AK mags. I've seen some really good, uh, really good prices on there. I have yet to buy, speaking of AK mags, I have yet to buy any of the Magpul stuff. And I've never bought any of the U.S. Palm magazines. I, I, and maybe it's not that big a deal. With the U.S. Palm stuff, I didn't like that you couldn't take it apart. Uh, and so and get in there and really kind of clean it out and just wipe it out uh, again for somebody like me who's not going to be out on patrol and out in the woods for all that amount of time probably not that big a deal but living in kind of a dry dusty environment and when you're doing mag changes and things like that and you're just letting them drop to the ground you know sometimes you might want to be able to get in there and just sort of clean them out so anyway um, I am going to try and get some of those Magpul ones. They seem like they'd be pretty good. Most of the mags that I have are, I have some Hungarians, I have some Yugoslavian, and most of them are just kind of a mix of the European stuff. Uh, so I think I've got maybe some, but they're, but anyway, they're all, um, I, I know I've, I think I've got some Polish and I think I've probably got some Romanians. I don't think I have any Russian mags, but they're all basically, they're all the steel, uh, the steel mags. And I saw, oh, I saw a thing, dang it, I can't remember now. And I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I marked it down. But I saw that there was a, um, there was a company that was making like brand new um, AK mags and what they were doing, you know what? Let me take a break and see if I can't, let me see if I can't find it. Okay. So what I found and, uh, there, there's a video on YouTube and I'll link to them. Uh, 
but I, it looks like that there was a, a company over in Europe, maybe that they they either purchased or they found um, some of the old equipment or the old stuff that was set up to stamp, actually stamp out the mags. And they've got like all the welders and everything like that over there. It's by a company called the Matra, M-A-T-R-A group. And it looks like it's coming again out of Europe somewhere. And then over in the U.S., there is a, uh, I guess a company Gibbs or something. So it's a, a kind of a combination with those. Anyway, I'm looking to try, I'm probably going to order a couple of those and try them, but these will be, uh, brand new magazines. So they're not surplus stuff. Now, having said that a lot of times you can get really good, high quality surplus, uh, mags, the steel mags, all of them that I've ever gotten, I've always maybe paid that extra dollar or whatever. Uh, and I've gotten very good, high quality stuff, like no pitting, good springs, good followers. And so I've been, I've always been very happy with the steel magazines. So anyway, there's also a place that you can go over to, it looks like it's ows-ammo.com. So ows-ammo.com, which I think OWS looks like stands for Old Western Scrounger. Uh, but anyway, you can go over there and you can go on their website and then they've got those for, they're like $11 each. So I don't, like I said, I haven't tried them yet, but for only 11 bucks a pop, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty dang good. So anyway, I'm going to give those things a, a uh, give them a, a run. I'll probably order those in maybe next month or so. And then that way I can go out and, and shoot a little bit more. Uh, so I like those, but like I said, I also want to try the, um, the Magpul AK mags and kind of see what I think of those. I don't have any of those yet, but I do want to go ahead and give those a shot. And on the mag on the uh, Magpul magazines, the AK ones, there's like a first gen and then like a second gen. The second one is like the, I think it's Gen M3. Those are around like probably twenty five bucks. You could find them probably a little bit cheaper here and there if you really searched around. And then the their first gen stuff, I think they go around for like twelve thirteen dollars or so. Uh, and I, I think what I'll do is maybe buy probably that second gen one it's got the steel reinforcement in there so i think they would be closer in design to what was it the old uh bulgarian circle tens those i think go for around 40 50 bucks a piece when you can find them but i don't have any of those like i said i've, I've always used the steel ones and i think that they would be fine uh, and again realistically probably for what most of us are going to do the regular first gen magazines are probably again like 12 bucks or so probably be fine probably are going to outlast you so to speak a lot of us use uh p mags for our ar-15s you know that's another thing speaking of magpul i haven't tried any of their their glock mags and so if have any of you guys out there that have glocks have you done any of that because i'd like to get a couple of those and sort of see how they do. And I think they're around, what, like, 
let me pull it up here. Yeah, they're like 15 bucks on Midway, which means you could probably find them cheaper somewhere else. But they've just got their all polymer, which is different from the Glock. And it looks like they're made for both Gen 3 and Gen 4. So, well, Gen 3 and lower and then Gen the, the Gen 4 of the Glock. So, again, they're $15. Like I said, I could probably find them a little bit cheaper. It makes you kind of wonder, well, what that's going to do. Will that cause Glock to maybe try and reduce the reduce their price a little bit and not making it they're gonna where it's gonna match, but just making it to where it's a little bit more competitive. Generally, again, with most things, I always try and get the best deal that I can. And so on the magazines that I've bought, I've always tried to get them on sale. And I can usually get them for around like $19 or so. But if Glock and uh, and usually I'll see them for anywhere from like $24 or so up to sometimes like 29 right around in there. Uh, and this is when stuff is more just like more normal, not when like there's a crisis or anything. Uh, of course, when there's a, a crisis, you know, look out. So uh, let me just double check here on on the Glock mags. All right. For a 17, yeah, see for a 17 round at midway, it's like 2249. So, but like I said, I, you can generally find them a little bit cheaper than that. If you kind of hunt and peck around and that would be for the 17 round for a 10 round, it's 1741. And I don't know if Magpul makes like any of the 10 rounders yet, or if they just said, well, it's just going to be the 17 rounder and I'm not, yeah, I'm looking here. I'm not seeing anything. If they've got any 10 rounders for some of the less free States. Uh, but anyway, I'll go ahead and try some of those things out. And, uh, you know what? It's been about 20 some odd minutes or so. And I've just got a couple more things that I wanted to talk about. And then I'll let you guys go. Every once in a while, it seems like in the gun community and in the consciousness of the you know gun culture, gun community, whatever you want to call it, that the lever action rifle, it always, it seems to sort of ebb and flow a little bit. Or maybe it's just me. Maybe it just sort of ebbs and flows in and out of my consciousness. I don't know. But I have a 357 Magnum. I have a handgun. I have a Smith & Wesson 686, which I like. I've had that thing for years and years and years. And that is one of those guns. You know, we talk talk sometimes about being a little precious with those guns and maybe, you know, oh, you could always buy another one. But that's, that was one of the first handguns that I ever bought. So I don't think I'll ever sell that one. It it just has sentimental value to me, uh, more so than most of my other stuff. But anyway. I always kind of go back and forth and it's always sort of in the back of my mind is like, oh, I should get a lever gun to go with that in 357. And then sometimes I'll think, well, I should just get a, get one in 44 Magnum. But then I thought, eh, you know, I don't have a 44 Magnum and I have a 357. So just get one in a 357 and it would be just a heck of an all around gun. And if I was ever maybe going to a state or was going to go be in a state where I had to be there for a while, or maybe I couldn't take uh, an AR 15 type rifle in that, that lever action because of the capacity of it. And also with the revolver, you know, you could, you could kind of 
go through that. And I guess, I don't know, I guess part of my thinking on that wouldn't be, I, I love Arizona. I don't think I'll ever move out of it. Um, but I may, when retirement's all said and done, my wife and I may try and look at buying a, uh, a place somewhere else. I've talked a little bit to the, to some of the our Canadian friends. I wouldn't mind going up into Canada, you know, maybe going up there part-time or even having some property, but their gun laws, ugh. I'm so used to being able to carry and so used to being able to own pretty much whatever I want here. I mean, I could own machine guns here. I just don't want to jump through the hoops to do it. I don't want to pay the price to do it. And it's sort of the same with, uh, you know, short barrel rifles. I could easily get that done here. I just don't want to go through the, the hoops of it. But anyway, before we go too far down into the rabbit hole, let's get back to talking about those lever actions. I don't have hardly any experience with them at all. And I think the only one I ever shot, I think when I was a kid, I can't remember. So this probably doesn't even count. I think I shot like lever action 22. And then I, I'm pretty sure I, I shot like a lever action 30, 30 way back in the day. I think it was maybe one of my brother's guns or something. And he's probably long since sold it, but I think I've shot that like once or twice. But I know that with the shooting that pistol caliber out of that carbine or a 28 or a 20, excuse me, inch length barrel, the recoil on there is from, from what I've seen, it looks like it would be shooting like an AR or maybe even a little bit lower. Uh, I think it's probably got a little bit more than a, than a 22, than a 22 would have, which is basically out of a rifle is nothing. Uh, but I don't, again, I don't know enough about the individual companies to know which one that, that I should be looking for, what I should be keeping my eye out. Some people say, well, the Marlins, the older ones, so the ones like pre, I don't know, probably 2000s or so or whatever. And I, I don't know, I can't remember when Remington came in and uh, took that stuff over. But it seems that when Remington come in, came in, excuse me, they sort of shoved that poison pill right down Marlin's throat, kind of like they've done with everything. You know what, Remington is, it's a funny thing. It seems like they, they were kind of king for a long time with shotgun and rifle, and then they just, new management came in and everything went downhill. They started acquiring a bunch of stuff, and I think they sort of spread out too much and started looking at that bottom line way too much and kind of got a little greedy and so we just see that quality and everything has just gone down and it's really it's really hurt their reputation you would think that that would be tantamount to them but i guess you know with some of these ceo guys that come in there they'll come in and if they screw everything up they don't care they they leave and they get their 10 million dollar bonus and then they move on to something else Uh, and maybe some of them are good at certain aspects of running a business but it seems like that Remington especially has kind of lost its way in not knowing who their customer is anymore and not knowing who their end user is and what what we basically all of us what we expect there's no excuse anymore to have poor quality it's just not it's just not there you cannot you cannot survive I don't think in this business anymore putting out subpar crap People will just, they won't stand for it and they will be loyal to you to a certain point. And then 
once that line is crossed, they're just going to be like, nah, the hell with this. I'll, I used to be, uh, you know, I'm just saying like as an example, oh, I used to be a Smith & Wesson guy, and they went down the toilet, so then I went over to Glock, or I went over to HK, and I've been happy with them ever since, or vice versa. You know, you could say, oh, I used to be a, uh, a Remington guy. And now that they're, you know, that was the only shotgun I'd ever owned, but now it seems like everything's gone downhill and I don't think I'd buy a Remington product right now until they get stuff sort of sorted out. But the funny thing is, and I, I guess maybe I shouldn't be too surprised, but you look at that Versamax shotgun and that's a good, reliable shotgun. I haven't really heard a lot of negative on it. The only thing maybe I've heard negative about it realistically is that when they put out the Versamax tactical, that it was it was pretty much like a tactical home defense shotgun that was designed for three gun. But to say that you couldn't still use that in your house to defend yourself is would be ridiculous. You know, it holds a lot of rounds in it. It shoots pretty much anything. And realistic, well, every situation is going to be different. But a lot of times, let's say if you we're going to need to clear the house. It may not be as easy to do it. And the reason you would be clearing the house would be to go get to your kids or something like that, or to get them and then come back into your room. And then you're basically barricaded in there. And if you've got that Versamax tactical loaded up with buckshot or slugs or a combination thereof, and you're barricaded in there and you've got a good defensive position, not much is going to get to you. You're going to be able to hold off a lot of stuff, especially if your wife is in there with you, if you're not by yourself and you're rocking that, that shotgun and your wife is rocking that uh, AR 15, boy, you're, you're going to be in pretty good shape. You're going to be able to wait it out. So anyway, that's uh, I kind of skewed off on that. And I don't even remember what I was talking about. See, I was talking about, what was I talking about? I kind of lost my train of thought on that. I know I had something I was talking about, Remington and shotguns. Oh, um, I'm sure some of you are screaming. It was lever action, stupid. Get back to lever action. So anyway, I uh, the whole Remington thing came up because of once Remington took over Marlin, it, they basically just destroyed those lever actions. Uh, by going through, by getting rid of maybe the, the craftsmen that used to work there. I don't know if that was the case or not, or if they, if they uh, fired everybody or brought in their own people who were used to doing other things and not used to building lever-action rifles. Uh, I don't know if they decided to cut corners to make a bigger profit on it, uh, to get back some of the, the uh, purchase cost of buying the company, that type of thing. But... They used to say, okay, if it's made by a certain date or if it's got these certain serial numbers, then that's something that you could get. If, uh, you know, you, you want to stay away from it or you want to get it pre-cross bolt safety or if you get it cross bolt safety, it needs to be made in the 90s or something. That was still when it's okay. Um, I know that Henry makes an excellent lever action rifle. I hear nothing but good things about it. Uh, but like I think Chaz was mentioning on his show the other day, that he didn't like the fact that how you have to load it, you have to unscrew the magazine tube and then drop the rounds down in. I don't want to do that. I like being able to load from the side. Um, 
I don't know much about Winchesters. I don't know much about the, was it Rossi? The Puma, I think is, is what, what it's called. I've heard good and bad things about Rossi. I've heard, well, you might luck out. You might get a good one. You might get one to where you need to sort of take it apart and kind of polish some things up, not necessarily shave anything off or remove metal, but just sort of polish things up. I've also heard with Rossi that it, that's basically the Winchester clone that you go in there once you do a few of those fixes, it becomes a heck of a gun. Now, you're not going to get super high quality, maybe fit and finish on it, but it will work. Uh, and there are a lot of things that, you know, that if you want to do it, you can actually spend some time and maybe get the stock to fit a little bit better, get this to do better, you know, blah, 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 blah. There are some things, though, that you there's only so much of kind of fixing what the manufacturer has kind of let slide quality wise uh, that you can get. And another plus for that Rossi was the cost. It's going to be a lot cheaper, but is it one of those things where you buy it and then you're like, oh, you know, this really wasn't what I wanted. And so now I got to sell it and then I got to rebuy it. And so again, kind of like I was talking about with the AK, yeah, it's a little bit with the uh, rifle dynamics AK. It's, it's more expensive, but maybe you buy it once and cry once instead of, buying something two or three times over to kind of get what you finally wanted. Uh, and, and, and you end up spending just as much or maybe more. Um, as far as other lever actions, uh, let's see, I think I named most of the ones that I kind of know about, like the, again, the Marlin and what I wouldn't mind getting would be an older Marlin, but you're again, looking at, a higher priced firearm uh, because the newer ones are crap. So you're looking at paying seven, eight, maybe $900 in some cases. I go on like the Phoenix back page thing, which has, it's one of the things where you can uh, find some firearms listing and stuff like that. And I go and look at other, uh, most of the, most of the gun stores out here will throw a few things up on there. Uh, when they get that, I saw one the other day and it was around, it was pretty cheap, but I tried to do a little bit of research on it. It was a Marlin and it was a 1894C and the C used to stand for when they put the cross bolt in there and, or I think 94CS is what they had was the cross bolt safety. And I think it's now just, they just dropped it down to where it's just a 90, 1894C. But anyway, I looked at it and I was able to ascertain from doing some research that, oh, this is one of the Remington ones. And I probably could have gone down there and picked it up for maybe about 400 bucks. Um, but I thought, well, I just, I, I don't know enough about them. And if it's, you know, if, if they're crap barrels, if the internals of them are just garbage, it's not going to be worth all the hassle of me trying to fix it or trying to get it fixed, that type of stuff. So, um, anyway, I would appreciate some advice. If you guys have any to give me on what to look for in a lever action, who to stay away from, uh, am I on the right track with maybe just trying to hold out and trying to get in, uh, an older Marlin in 357, just, you know, and, and it might be a thing to where, Four or five years from now, I actually find one at a price I can, I can live with type stuff. 
And again, it's it's not one of those things where it's just like, oh, I've got to absolutely have it tomorrow. Uh, but if I did come across one, let's say at a gun show or in a gun shop, and I, I, I sort of want to have a little bit of knowledge of definitely stay away from this or yeah, that could be okay. Just make sure it's, you know, it it's this, that, and the other thing. And when you run the, when you run the lever, make sure it's smooth or make sure it, you know, it seems like it's, everything is kind of, it feels right. I know enough about guns and rifles and I've been around them enough to where, you know, if you run the bolt on something or if you uh, were to run a lever or like with a revolver, you're, you know, you cock it back and you, or you dry fire this, that, and the other thing where you're like, Oh boy, that doesn't feel right. Or that feels odd or that feels, you know, that's, that, that feels decent. So I know enough to where I would be able to, I think, be able to tell if something was majorly wrong or not. So, all right. Well, I tell you what, I think that is going to do it. I didn't get any feedback. I don't think of any kind, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. Before I go, let's let's say let's name give some shout outs and name out a few shows that I think you should be listening to. There, number one, there are just tons of them out there now. It's way different than when I first started, and when I was like one of ten or one of six or seven that actually put shows out on a kind of on a regular basis. Um, I'd mentioned Chaz a little bit earlier, and he's over at the Road Gunner podcast. Uh, there is also Ken and Brian at uh, Modern Rifleman Radio. You got Armed Squirrels Project and Armed Couples Project uh, with Toby. Toby and his wife do Armed Couples, and then Toby and his other wife, Tom, do the Armed Squirrels Project. Um, let's see, what else? What else? You got uh, the Gun Nation podcast, which has Doc and Grant and Paul and Ian and Joe and Melanie, and pretty much everybody but me is on that show. Um, you've got, uh, downrange, Ra- downrange radio with Michael Bain. Uh, what are some others? Um, new shooter Canada, uh, kind of in the Canadian vein, you've got slam fire radio. Um, oh, you know, what was a really good episode a couple episodes ago. There is an interview that, uh, Gail and mass do with a police officer who got into a gunfight and he actually had a Glock 21. And, uh, that is a, a very, very good one to go to listen to, um, safety solutions Academy. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing a bunch, but there's a ton of them that are out there. Um, all of them are worthwhile. All of them. I think you can get something out of, and you can learn something. And if you do listen to those guys, or if you go over there and check them out, uh, send them an email and just say, Hey, thanks for doing the show. I know, I know whenever I get any kind of feedback or anything like that, it's always a huge pick me up for me. I always like getting it. And like, well, I I was going to maybe, you know what, if you're a libertarian guy like me, there's a bunch of good libertarian podcasts that are out there. Uh, believe it or not, the guy uh, from Penn and Teller, they're both are libertarians i saw them up in vegas when i was up there in january and uh he puts out a a podcast called Penn sunday school which i like quite a bit i like listening to him i agree with a lot of what he says a lot of it i don't <laughs> but you know that's the uh, kind of the beauty of of um everybody being able to be different and everybody having the freedom to think the way that they want to think if you like 
uh, horror movies, things like that. Or if you, uh, there's a, a podcast called horror, etc. There's another one that does, um, like B movie stuff. And it's actually called B movie cast, which I, I, I like that show a lot. There's another one again, if you like kind of like the horror movies and things like that called, um, the, uh, corpse cast horror podcast, which is uh, an enjoyable show. I always like that show. Uh, of course there's my other show, which is the armed ape. And if you're feeling a, a dearth of content on this channel, hopefully that won't happen anymore, but you can always go over and listen to some of my stuff over there. Lately, I've been doing more movie reviews, and I'm probably going to be kind of on that uh, on that vein for a while. Uh, also, if you ever want to do a review for this show on a gun that you've got, uh, please feel free to send any feedback. If you'd like to come on and uh, maybe like be a guest on the show, um, or if you've got a review that you'd like to do, go ahead and shoot me an email. We'll try and set up a time. A lot of times it's, it's, you know, maybe sometimes it's hard, but we can, we can, uh, set up a time where both of us will have some, uh, uh, some time and we can maybe do a, do a show like that. I think I'm kind of rambling now. So, you know what? I will go ahead and draw the show to a close. Thanks for sticking with me and I will talk to you guys next time. Here we go.